0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the PlayStation Drive on Carpool Gaming. This is episode 108. My name is Matt, and I'll be your driver for today's adventure. I'm joined by the returning Supreme Court of Canada himself, Mr. Court Lalonde. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, buddy. I'm uh, I'm on some drugs. I'm not going to lie. My back's nice. uh, a little spicy. Not so nice. I got, a, I got some... I changed... I finally used the lumbar support properly on okay. my gaming chair here, so... Um, or I'm gonna get a new chair. I don't know. And you know, I'm. Uh... What kind of chair is that? Secret Labs, dude. Secret. I heard those are good. They're and really good. And they have good. a Batman one.
0: They. I know they do. Uh, I know they I do. Need that for my birthday or something. I, th- I think you might need that for your birthday or something. It's good to be back. It's, it's nice to have you back, dude. I hope you're feeling you know energized and refreshed. It's it's great to, to be rocking with you once again. Folks, we have one adv- big adventure of a show planned for you today. We have plenty of Final Fantasy to talk about. We have EA News, Starfield stuff, and a whole bunch of goodies to strap in. But before we get to all that, we, have, of course, have to clean this dusty old garage of ours. If you're listening to us live on YouTube.com slash Carpool Gaming, right meow, please like the stream, leave a comment. We appreciate all of you so, so very be- Very, very much. If you're listening to us on your podcast service of choice, Please hit us with those five stars. Leave those reviews. Again, it helps us grow, and there will be more fun giveaways and stuff to come as the year rolls on. Shout out once again to our friend Kevin Ainsworth, the Muffin Mon who took who walked away with Final Fantasy 16 uh, with the giveaway last week. Uh, appreciate all of you very very much. And of course, if you have a couple extra bucks to toss our way to tip your drivers, head to patreoncom carpoolgaming where you can put in bucks into the tip jar. And now comes a cornucopia of content. And of course, go to com. The shirts, the school stuff. There might be more limited edition stuff coming very, very soon. Who knows? Maybe not me. Maybe you, who is it? We're going to find out, but dude, we have a whole bunch of talk about, and usually, you know, I would give this whole rigmarole asking what you've been playing, but we both know we've only been playing one thing. So let's do something a little bit different and do a little bit of this. <laughs> Court, what you've
1: been playing lately? I have been happily playing Final Fantasy 16. That's what I have been playing. What well, yes, you, you are have. playing. I am farther ahead mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're there. Um, but uh, I have to say this. I really like the game. Like, I truly, truly, truly don't want to not be playing. Like My power was out this morning, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't play this morning when I got up. I couldn't play for a little bit before I had to start work. I haven't been able to put this game down. This is something that I have been playing over and over again. I'm loving the cutscenes, I'm loving the story. I'm playing it on story mode, uh, easy. I'm even wearing the ring so I only have to do the one button. But I'm still having a lot of fun with it. And now I I think I finally understand why so many people wax poetic so much about Final Fantasy because the story is very compelling. The characters, there's all these different worlds going on. It, it I think I said to you before that it reminds me a lot of Game of Thrones. Yep, but like with like Dragon Age in there as well, like with the with with what they're doing with this story specifically. But I'm having a lot of fun. Um, man, the game is so good. Like it's just good. It's just fun. It's just it's just good. Oh, here's and the map that everybody's talking it. about.
0: Oh, look, Final Fantasy IX. I saw someone already say this earlier. love so. Black Mage Phoebe. Uh, yeah, dude, this this game is just spectacular. Uh, for folks watching right now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a little bit as we have a bit of a conversation about Final Fantasy sixteen here. I'm only probably about, say, I would say six-ish hours into the game. Uh, I won't really go into any much spoil uh, spoilery stuff here, so don't worry. It's more like just run around and kill enemies while we have a conversation. Uh, I'm loving this game. I'm absolutely loving this game. Uh, I'll just go kill some folks' stuff down here. Uh, yeah, really, really adoring it. The combat is just so slick. The yeah, don't go sc- into that city. Yeah, I'm not going to. The cutscenes are just massive and beautiful. Phenomenal. They're just, it's so, so, so good, dude. And, like, I know there's been some hullabaloo. There's been some ridiculous, uh, you know, review bombing and stuff, as the internet likes to do. Uh, but we you know what? We're going we're gonna to keep this rolling because we have a whole bunch of... Of, co- uh, of questions from the audience here about Final Fantasy XVI. Uh, and again, if you want your questions right on the show, hit us up either on the twi- uh, Twitter post that goes live each and every week or in the Discord, which is free to join and is in the notes. Uh, just like Fulia did, our friend Foolish Fuji. I never thought I'd say this as a first-time player of this game, but I really like Final Fantasy XVI. The story has me hooked and I cannot stop playing it. I'm also finding myself trying to take photos and man, the detail and the scenes and the characters are amazing. Are you the type of person who will bring up photo mode at any given time in this game that you think will make a great shot? Or would you rather just play through the game and not worry about photo mode as much court? Are you a photo mode person?
1: Um, if you remember our last conversation, we were having Matt while I was still on my, my, um, vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting frustrated because I was like, I can't use photo mode here. And Matt's like, just just do it. So I was frantically in a boss battle and I was just pressing the photo mode because these boss battles that they have or the icon battles as well, they're so epic. Um, so I wish that I could stop it and almost do photo mode. I'm hoping that like maybe on the new game plus or when you go through again, like they, they maybe let you. Yes, I get it that you can just press the share button. Mm-hmm. But some of these, I want to be able to turn the camera, but I guess because they're... Kind of, uh, pre already pre-rendered, pre-generated, so it's it's going to be a little tough. But the game looks so beautiful. I even took my a picture of myself as Clive in front of the castle that was on fire, and I would like put the quotes. I'm like, want to watch the world burn. I haven't been a photo mode person at all until Ghost of Tsushima. That was the first game where it was like oh my God, I just want to take a photo here. I want to do this and this and this. And then when Horizon came out, the same thing happened over and over and over. And now I get frustrated when a game doesn't have photo mode. It was one of the first things I asked you. It was like, how do I get photo mode? And you were like, oh, you have to do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. Because for the people that don't know, you actually have to go to the start. And I
0: think it's abilities. I think no. you have to go to your... For me, it's literally if you just pause the game, you'll see on the bottom left hand corner there's a photo mode. Yes, so that's just, what it is. So yeah. But, yeah, but it's under attributes. Sorry. If you're yeah. not
1: on attributes, it won't show up. That's yeah. what it is. If you go to the attribute screen, you gotta that's how you get to photo mode. So that was a learning curve for me, but that was about it. But Matt Matt, you know, shirped me into it real quick. But I've been using it a ton. Yeah. Especially I, in this game.
0: I'm not usually like one for Photo modes either like I've gotten More so and more so honestly uh, Depending on the game like Horizon was an easy one that I was Like yes give me all the photo modes ow Um, And I was like give me all the photo modes Because it looks beautiful I found myself stopping This one on more than one occasion to like take Some really cool looking pictures just because Of how beautiful Like dude straight up I would say one of the best Looking games on the console like 100% in my opinion if not like It's truly next gen yeah it truly Feels next gen ow Um, And it's like the, I would say that like, I do, I don't know if it's possible to change it, but there's what thing, the thing that does bother me is that like, almost like when you try and do it, it almost brings you into like a selfie mode right away. I kind of wanted, wish I could start with like the camera behind Clive in a way. I see what you're saying. Um, so, like the, wherever you are. Exactly. So like, I can kind of like almost like line up the shot a bit before, but like this game is just staggeringly beautiful, dude. Like, well, that's it's, like the, our, our
1: thumbnail for this episode was a screenshot that I took that I sent to Matt.
0: yeah. Um, yeah, that I just went and played with after because yeah, dude, like it's the, the photo mode is a blast. It just makes the game look, it just gives you a different way to engage with the game. And again, like seeing all the, all the photos, uh, I will say that it's definitely more, uh, Sid photos than anything else online. And I'm not, uh, I'm not upset. Um, but it, it's just, it's just a ton of fun. The photo mode has Whoa, been great. So before. many of
1: them can be spoilers, which is uh, like my capture section of my PlayStation app is just full of like, Oh, I want to share these photos, but it would ruin for people well i don't know you could show me the photo and i wouldn't know i had to ask matt who this character was <laughs> this little ghost looking thing i didn't know what it was i was like is this a he's like no it, that is That's you can immobile. share that feel, That's feel yeah. i just didn't know who he was yeah Tells he's some very you know common final fantasy character i just didn't know
0: yeah well it's all good nagachaka asks is final fantasy 16 even an rpg and why will no matter what your answers are someone on the internet will be upset I don't know how it's not like literally the screen that Matt's showing right now. Dude, I think, I think there's just too many people that are getting way too stuck on the, you know, the naming conventions. And I get it. Like, again, like people have certain expectations when you name something an RPG that just doesn't, you know, translate in the same way. Um, I, I, so I can understand people who were maybe a little bit more expecting a traditional, more traditional final fantasy with this, but I don't see how you could, given all the marketing... Like, they were very honest about what this game was from the beginning. Um, you have skill trees. You have item, like an item system. You have, like, everything that you'd expect to find in an RPG. Got
1: a every time you attack, I see numbers on the screen.
0: Exactly. It's an action RPG. Is it a traditional turn-based RPG? No, but, oh, like... Thank God. I don't see how you couldn't... I don't see how you couldn't consider this an RPG. Could it be an action-adventure game? Sure. But, like, again... It's, it's an action RPG. It's just not your turn it's your traditional turn-based. That's all.
1: As I said to you earlier in the week, I was like, I don't know why people are so mad that more people are loving a game that you all love. Like, I'm in on Final Fantasy right now. I'm wanting to play 7. I'm wanting to go back and give these other try. Not the turn-based ones. That's never going to happen. I just know I'm not going to be into it. <laughs> but I'll definitely go because Matt's already told me like 7, I should get back. I'll go back into 7. But I never understand why people who like something get mad when others start liking the same thing, it's like, I, I just don't get it.
0: Let's just see again, like people, people like having these like tight little communities that people think that they are in these kinds of situations. Final fantasy has, has been huge for years and years and years, and they've been experimenting with the formula for quite a long time. So it's like, you know, Final Fantasy 15 was also more actiony than it was turn-based. Final Fantasy 7 remake is more action-y than it is turn-based. Just because these things exist doesn't mean that we won't get a fully turn-based uh, Final Fantasy in the future. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get different stuff going on. So, whatever. It is what it is. People can get upset. Uh Drellish has a bunch of questions t- talking Final Fantasy 16. He asks, "Court, I'm going to start with you." can you compare Jedi Survivor and Final Fantasy 16 on the basis of what you enjoyed and what each game might be doing better than the other just your initial thoughts so how does this compare to survivor which what game does what better
1: so for me survivor does the gameplay better but i'm also using a lightsaber so that you know that can go a long way and jedi survivor does a lot of touching my childhood and i have more emotional attachment but the thing that i am finding about final fantasy is the story is better Mm -hmm. the story is better in Final Fantasy than Jedi Survivor and I'm a huge Star Wars fan I am playing right now when I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 it's like when I'm watching a TV show that I want to keep going and going this like I keep saying like this is the first game in a really long time where I'm like yeah, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Like, I, I think about the game. When I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about the game and I'm thinking about the story. I'm having conversations with Matt behind the scenes of like, oh, this is really cool and I'm trying not to spoil stuff for him because he's almost caught up to me. But um, it's they both have their um, things that are awesome and they're both amazing games. And I will still, I still am now having second, as of when I finished Jedi Survivor, I said to you, that is my game of the year. Yep. Yep. As of right now, Final Fantasy is taking over that section in my yes, my it gameplay. is. Diablo Four didn't even didn't even hit my radar long enough for me to even consider it. But Jedi Survivor, um, love that game right now. It's still my game of the year. But I wouldn't be surprised at the end of Final Fantasy if the story continues to get this good that Final Fantasy will be my game of the year.
0: Dude, and that's uh, that's wild for me, considering coming into this year it wasn't even close to being on your radar, and now we're talking about possibly being your great game of the year. Uh, Drellish continues to ask, Matt, it's me. Do you think Final Fantasy 16 pushes the envelope when it comes to RPGs? How are you feeling it might be setting a standard for other RPGs to follow? Uh, I don't think it is setting a standard, Drellish. Uh, I don't think so at, at all. Uh, in my opinion, like we've seen franchises change genres we've seen franchises experiment in different ways and i think this is again this is nothing new for final fantasy is it genre defining i don't think so will other series possibly try and go in a more action route to to, you know to see if if more people will connect to it possibly um but i don't think I think everything that it does, it does very well. I don't think there's anything genre defining or massive here that's going to be like, oh, like you know, games are going to be copying this, like you got with like a Breath of the Wild or stuff like that. I don't think we're gonna get anything on that level. I just think everything that it does, it does very, very well. I think it's set out to accomplish, like, accomplish what it's set out to do, and I think that's just kind of this, this, the point that this is at. I don't think that this is the best RPG ever, but I think it is a very, very, very fantastic game i'm really enjoying it um but
1: it also shows that they can go away from the status quo like final fantasy to me is always turn-based 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 and i was like i've tried many turn-based and especially because matt keeps suggesting them and then i play them and i'm like sorry man i just can't get into them and this game here i was just like oh it's just fun like every now and then a hack and slash that's what we grew up with and i'm like i'm okay with it well a big part of like with rpgs mind you i will say this the side quests are absolutely terrible
0: Yeah, the side quests are not great. Um, Like, at all. It's basically go here, do the thing, and then go over there and do the same thing.
1: And sometimes it's like go around the corner and talk to this person and come back.
0: Yep. Um, Josh's next question. How did both of you find the learning curve coming into the game? Uh, For me it's 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 good like i think it kind of ramps up in in a steady way i don't think it's doing anything here that's like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this um and josh in the comments in the chat as well saying i think it's doing genre defining when it comes to accessibility i think it's taking good steps uh well we have a question related to uh, accessibility that we'll touch on in a sec Uh, i think it's doing steps in the right direction i still don't think it's genre defining as as much as it should be unfortunately the rpg genre as a whole is quite behind on accessibility uh compared to some some other folks uh, and some other developers. But um, what do you think, Court? How was your uh, your your time coming into the game?
1: Well, the fact that I'm 10 hours in and I'm still learning things, but they, I think the demo was well needed. Yes. I also think this game sold more because of the demo. This, I said I was going to play this game, but I never told you I was day one. Mm-hmm. And then after the demo, I messaged you. I was like, I am all in on this game. And I think the demo taught me what I was... Get, put my ex- expectations... And as I learn new skills and I, I learn new attacks and I learn more lore about the story, it's not doing it rather quickly. Some games, they just give you a tutorial and they're like, here you go. This game, it's taken 10 hours to get to where I am right now. And mm-hmm. according to Ryan, I still have more to learn. But that's a good thing. That makes me that I'm, if I'm learning new things as I go in the game, I find that to be better. If I learn everything there is to need to know about the game in an hour there better be a good story this is giving me everything
0: yeah also i hate spiders please get them off the screen okay they're gone um uh, I, I messed them up don't worry buddy uh do you want dlc for this game moving forward yes
1: i will w- i don't even have to think twice yes i want i want dlc and i think there's definitely ways of doing it um especially given even the demo there's stuff before i want to know
0: for me, I think I'd have to wait to see how the game continues and how it ends. But I would like to see them do what they did with Final Fantasy Fifteen and give us DLC or expansions based on different characters. Uh, Let me play as Sid. Let me play as Jill. Give me pieces of their story well, that we haven't seen. There's a 10-year gap in this game that we don't even play. That's what I mean, right? So there, there's a lot of room here for you to kind of play in different spaces. And I think if they went the Final Fantasy Fifteen route and helped fill those spaces in, uh, I'd be 100% in on, deal, like on, on an expansions or DLC completely. Uh, a lot of complaints early game are about the amount of cutscenes in the battle system being too simplistic or easy. Do you see it the same way? What are your thoughts? It's my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. I, for me, I think it's great. I love the cutscenes I was saying to Matt before. I have, I'm watching every single one of them. I haven't fast forwarded anything. Um, I think it's almost like watching a TV show, and it also gives me a little break. I'm able to put down my controller, I pay attention a little bit more. And I love the combat. I love the fact that I can put on a ring and I don't even have to do combos. It just does it all for me. I'm okay I, with it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, dude. For me, like, coming into... Like, RPGs are nothing new when it comes to a massive amount of cutscenes. Like, one of my favorite series of all time is is the Yakuza Slash Like a Dragon series. And that, that those games are literal... Like, you'll have hour-long cutscenes uh, on exposition and story and world-building. So, for me, I love it, dude. It's, it's fantastic. And again, you have room to do stuff here there are harder modes uh you have the accessibility well i mean the items that let you kind of play with accessibility uh in that space to to kind of augment the game as you want to and i never think that's a bad thing i was not coming into this expecting dark souls level of difficulty i want final fantasy it's a power fantasy you're coming in here to you know to use a bunch of magic look cool while you're fighting and and do cool stuff so I'm, i'm really really enjoying that aspect of it um while we're talking about uh, accessibility, accessibility us bring marcus in who says good morning to everyone just a question for the playstation drive today with regards to final fantasy 16 i have played the demo the beginning of the game and it drew me right back into the series however i did not look for any accessibility or options for that matter i have a tendency just to jump into games and see if i can make them playable for myself so my question for you is do you know if there are any accessibility settings within the game i'm just curious so that i know if i'm going to potentially the game to purchase the game or not so i could talk about it on my channel and that's one of the other reasons actually i wanted to do this because we're going to do a through right now um you have different uh items that you start the game with that can help in terms of accessibility uh ring of timely assistance which again your pet commands you just they just do stuff it'll 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 work which i use um we have the ring of timely focus so it slows time even more for your dodges it gives you a wider window to dodge timely evasion they'll just audit clive will automatically dodge uh and timely strike um you can do the more complex combos by just hitting square. So, and timely healing Which I use as well. Timely healing, uh Clive will just automatically uh, you know, if heal you, himself.
1: Instead of even using the timely healing because you're because Togo can actually heal you. So if you just wear his ring and the combinations, you're fine because you're going to automatically get healed.
0: Yeah, there you go. So there's those those are there in terms of making the inherent minute-to-minute gameplay better. What I will say is coming into the settings because I took a look before the show Uh, There are there are a couple things here, but there isn't much Um, in terms of target follow,
1: which I told you to turn on. Yeah, target a must
0: target follow, which is great because it'll automatically stick to the next enemy that's on screen. Uh, There is a uh, a visual alerts cue as well, which, again, more for the hard of hearing who will be able to see this kind of stuff. Uh, Subtitles are here. You can play with the subtitle sizing. When it comes to, you know, actually being able to read them along with the background, speaker names, uh, hearing impaired subtitles. But what I will say, and that's kind of the 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 beginning and ending of what comes to... Did I not claim these? Huh. Yeah, you obviously didn't. I
1: was laughing. <laughs> Too late now. Too late now. I should sell them.
0: Um, that's kind of it when it comes to accessibility. So there's some stuff here that'll help with the minute-to-minute gameplay. But when it comes to... UI or when it comes to reading stuff on screen, I will say that like being close to it is great, but the text is a bit small. So I can imagine somebody may have more difficulty reading this especially depending on how far you're sitting, uh what your personal situation is. Uh, and there's no way to fix the UI or make the size of the UI bigger. So especially when you're doing stuff like, you know, working through your items, um again, things can look a little small depending on where you're looking from. So I will say that just just be mindful of all of that. There's stuff here that'll help you with the minute to minute gameplay, but in terms of the kind of overall experience, um, it's it's a bit it's a bit lackluster, I would say. It's again better than what we get from a lot of RPGs but still has uh, you know room to go on that front. Uh, we have a couple more questions here, so let's round out our Final Fantasy 16 rock block with a question from Ash underscore Trobot who asks, is the criticism of Final Fantasy 16 not being an open world game a valid one? We have seen games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla criticized for being too big, but when games like Dead Island 2 and Final Fantasy sixteen scale back, they also get criticized. Do you wish Final Fantasy sixteen was open world, or are you happy with how it turned out? Court, what do you think?
1: Well, I since we got that question, I painfully walked between each section instead of fast traveling. So to me, it is open world because I can go to every pinpoint, and I don't mind the... I would probably call this more semi-open world because... Yep. Yeah, open zone. It's... oh Yeah. That's a perfect way because in each zone, it's not as linear, but it's still pushing on that linear path, almost like um, Hogwarts kind of does, where no matter what, you have to still go to these areas Mm -hmm. to continue on with everything. But you can still go anywhere in this large zone of the map that you're in. Um, And I I would assume as I progress farther in the story, I'm going to have all these different... Obelisk that i can go to and all these different zones that i can go in so it's definitely open world it's not like gta open world or uh valhalla open world but at, at after valhalla that was the one where i was like whoa, i love my assassin's creed but whoa there's way too much to do yep. i i like the semi open world linear mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of it
0: I'm, 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 I'm with you, dude. I feel like a lot of what we're getting here and especially seeing the moments where like certain zones that you go to are very much, this is a story zone. You're going from point A to point B, but it looks incredible. The zones are beautiful. There's so much detail and so much, um, so much variety within space to space that would be harder to do and harder to make it feel, um, kind of coalescent on, on a larger open world. Um, I, I'm glad that they didn't go fully open world because what I will say, and one of my, um, you know, minor criticisms for the game so far is that there isn't a lot to do in these zones. Like there's a bit of exploration. Yes. There's enemies that you can fight to kill and grind. Yes. Um, but like, there isn't a lot of reason to explore unless you're going somewhere for a side quest. You're going to find an item, you're going to find something like that, but like, there isn't a lot of reason to interact with the world at large. So if they went ahead and made it even bigger, I wouldn't really see the point without them adding then in system on top of system on top of system to let you engage with it in a different way. Um, I'm like, We have enough of games like that. There's plenty of massive open world games that you can fish, farm, do this, that, or the other. Final Fantasy 16 is out here to tell you a story that gives you areas to play in, but I'm not really... I don't really need anything more than that from this game, in Thank my opinion. Thank God I don't have
1: to fish. I don't yeah. need any more fishing games, man.
0: Yeah, right? Go play
1: Bassmasters on PlayStation Plus.
0: <laughs> Mr. Midas! Shout out to Mr. Midas. If you haven't seen uh, our impression show with him from last week, he came on to talk about Final Fantasy Sixteen. Go check that out. Asks, question, what are your thoughts on people review bombing Final Fantasy sixteen because it is not a multi-platform game? Have a great episode and keep up the great work. What Trash. do you think, dude?
1: Yep. I I will never understand the love of a plastic box. I like I understand you like brands and all, but f- to cause that much negativity in the world over a box, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely um of the minority where I play on all the consoles and I, I just I I play where it's better. I might I mainly play on PlayStation, but I'll just never understand this one because there's a lot of hardworking people that work so hard to develop this game and that's their job. And these review scores, unfortunately, matter. Mm
0: -hmm. So when people
1: do this, I am of the mind that the user review scores, they don't matter to me anymore. Mind you, review scores, we've talked about this. I'm I'm not a huge review score person anymore. It's more of the person um, who is reviewing the game or what their opinion is or if we like the same games. Like I've been trying more games because of Matt this year normally I don't play those games, but I'll I'll take his and Ryan's opinion. I'm like, okay, I'll give the game a try. And everybody in the carpool community, if they suggest a game, I'm like, you know what? I'll go try the game. And that's where I'm forming my opinions. This review bomb stuff. It's just, there has to be a way that you can stop it, that you can prove like the person should have to um, link their PlayStation account to that review screen. Otherwise they can't leave the review. And if they do, that's, that's fine. That's up to them. If they want to, put themselves out there but these people are just keyboard warriors
0: yeah people are just getting out here i think i think final fantasy 16 is also just a victim of timing um we're going to talk about a couple stories in a little bit but everything that's going on with starfield with the microsoft ea bethesda playstation battles there's just a lot of this kind of stuff that's out there right now so people are looking for reasons to be upset no matter what it is Um, and you know what it's not like it's a um, you know, it's 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 toxicity across the entirety of of every fandom. I have no doubt in my mind that when Starfield comes, when Starfield comes out, it's gonna get review by, review by, by by toxic PlayStation fanboys, uh, just like Final Fantasy Sixteen is now by the wider array of audiences, right? This isn't new. This isn't a surprise. There should be a better way to mitigate these kinds of things. But that's why it's like you can never count on audience on the audience review scores anymore. It's useless. It's absolutely yep. useless. Find critics that you like. Find a community that you 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 know that you like to engage in. And that's how I do it too. For me nowadays, like I said, similarly, I'll try stuff that you guys talk about. Um, I'll go to Skill Up because I find that he's usually very measured. And even if he doesn't like the same thing that I like, he at least has reasons that don't feel like I hate this game because the game is dumb. Um, there's just too much vitriol and negativity out there too many people who are taking slam dunks left right and center because they feel like it's a win just for clout or just for you know internet fame it's useless it it doesn't need it find your type of beavers Jellish, exactly that find the beavers find the be- you-
1: hey playstation plus gives you demos you can play the game on there like yep. try it other ways but like I, I, even all the stuff that's going on with this xbox you know Activision, like I don't care. Mm. Like when people are like, "Look, they," Phil Spencer said this. He owned them in the courtroom. I'm like,
0: yeah, I don't care, dude. This, uh, listen. A healthy PlayStation, a healthy Xbox, a healthy Nintendo just makes the entirety of the space better. It's, if they're all doing well, they all excel. They all you 100%. know put out better games, put out better products. So it's just like you, I don't want to see a world where there's only a PlayStation left. I don't want to see a world where there's only a Nintendo left or only an Xbox. Variety and diversity amongst all of this is incredibly important. And, like, again, play where you want to play. Play where you want to play. That's it. Enjoy the stuff that you want. Yeah, to. especially The Last of Us Part 1 because it's the better one. Especially, I mean, that's one thing that I will go and review. I mean, you know, hold on. Let me go make 100 Metacritic accounts and just uh, send Last of Us Part 1 down. Into the great. I love that game, but Part 2 is better. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's transition over to some news because we have a couple stories that we want to talk about. Starting with a story coming from VGC because... We may be getting a new PlayStation Plus Premium bundle uh, coming from Tom Ivan. Sony Interactive Entertainment could be gearing up to launch a new PS5 bundle. Twitter user at Zuby underscore tech, who previously outed another PS5 bundle before its official release, published a pair of images on Monday claiming to show an upcoming PlayStation Plus bundle. If genuine, the images is showing uh, re- below seemingly revealed that PlayStation is planning to release a PS5 console bundled with 24 months of PlayStation Plus Premium. Court what do you think about a new possible bundle here?
1: I like, The reason I put this in there and the reason I like this is because what have you and I been saying? I think Game Pass is a phenomenal service, and we keep saying we want PlayStation Plus to be a thing. The mm-hmm. fact that I can't remember in the showcase they actually showed a game saying come to PlayStation Plus. I want that to be a thing. I want PlayStation to put more into it because I see value in those services. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people... Some people think that there is no value in those types of services. As someone that grew up going to video stores and renting, that's the same thing to me. And the fact that I can pay for a service and I can play all these games. Like right now, if you hadn't played Far Cry 6, you can go in and play that on PlayStation Plus. Mm -hmm. There's value. Mm -hmm. And them doing something like this shows me that they're putting more behind it for the future, meaning I'm going to get better games.
0: And it's also a great way for people who are looking to, even from like a financial standpoint, these yep. systems are expensive. Um, these subscriptions are expensive. I think uh, I'll be, I'd be curious to see what the price point comes in at this as, because again, like a year of PlayStation plus premium is something like what? 130, 140 Canadian. Yep. Um, so again, having two years of that is theoretically a $300 ish value, right? So when you, when you bring that in for somebody who is looking to buy a console and says, Hey, I don't have to buy, I don't have to spend another two or $300 on two or three games, uh, or a, a bunch of indie titles. That would be fantastic. Let me hop in on PlayStation Plus And I have a play, a ton that I can play and engage in right away. So for me, I think this is a great idea. Um, you know, you and I have shared thoughts about premium before. Um, so that's a little thing, but like, again, apparently, you know, a lot of people are are subscribing to premium. That's uh, evidently a lot of the, the, the data suggesting that premium is actually the more popular one. Um, so I'm curious to see how that continues, but I think this is a win. Like I'm just, I'm just curious to see what the price point's going to be. Um, again, I agree with you. There's a lot of value in these, so why not? Let's move on to our next story, which is a little bit about EA. Coming from Insider Gaming, written by Tom Henderson, EA is splitting into two different organizations. EA has announced that its publisher will be splitting into two different organizations, EA Sports and EA Entertainment. The announcement was made in an EA blog, which said that the company is making the next step of its quote-unquote strategy by aligning our studios into two organizations that report to me, EA Entertainment and EA Sports uh court what do you think about ea coming out here and uh and doing a little bit of a of a split up here
1: well i originally thought that's because they wanted to get into more things like hey we can do movies out of ea entertainment so we could take our our franchises and sell them off to studios like because you're seeing that now that's like the new cool thing right video Mm -hmm. games becoming movies and such but someone in our chat brought up um i can't remember who it was i think it might have been brian eck but they were first thing they were like well look i guess ea's trying to sell themselves off i still Maybe. I, like I I was reading more into the article and I'm, I'm look I, I don't see why this is automatically means EA is trying to, to sell themselves because their EA sports side is obviously huge it breaks in the cash mm-hmm. Maybe they just want to put them side by side so they can show people like this is this is the one that's making all the money and this one that is making some money I I don't know I'm not I'm not businessy enough and I'm using that as not a real word and I'm just making it up and it's just it is mm-hmm. It's a new word businessy. I'm not that person to know the mindset and if this makes them more money. But knowing EA, this is only a reason to make them more money.
0: For me, I, I think there is a potential future where we do see them sell off EA Entertainment. I don't think they would ever get rid of EA Sports. That That is yeah. a massive, massive cash cow for them. Um, but EA Entertainment, what I hope is that maybe we get more single-player focused games they're obviously going to have you know uh, different leadership teams for both all reporting to the same person but kind of reading on further in the article they talk about how this will essentially let both sides of the both sides of ea move faster put out more and have more autonomy within their own spaces so for me could this be a future where five years from now we're reading about playstation or xbox acquiring ea entertainment for five billion dollars possibly 100 percent. this could be a very easy way for them to differentiate um, on the flip side, if this leads to more weird, smaller EA games, if we get more stuff like a Jedi Survivor, if there is more on the road because of this decision, I'm totally fine with that. Give me more single player experiences with less, with no microtransactions or stuff being hamfisted in like we see in EA Sports. So yeah, they're, um, they're bad. EA Sports is like a casino machine. hundred percent. So for me, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this develops over the course of the next few years. But uh, I could totally see uh, you know that point of a sell off. But we'll see what happens as we continue on. Our next story coming from BGC, written by Tom Ivan. Sony says it will withhold PS6 details from Activision if PS6, it is acquired PS6, by PS6 PS6. 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 PS6.
1: PS6. Oh my God. Say, wait. Whoa, that sounds terrible.
0: Yep. A little bit. Yeah. Um, as it, if it's acquired by Microsoft, the company says it would be unable to share sensitive information with the Call of Duty maker. During a deposition position in April, SIE boss Jim Ryan told the U.S. Federal Trade Commission that the company's past collaboration with Activision led to the development of better features on PlayStation consoles that helped the hardware stand out from the competition. But were Activision to be purchased by Microsoft, that partnership would be lost, according to Ryan. We could we simply could not run the risk of a company that owned that was owned by a direct competitor being having access to that information. He told the regulator, as an independent company, Rise that Activision is incentivized to quote unquote make great games on all platforms. But that post acquisition, it would be more concerned with improving the Xbox business than in taking advantage of unique PS5 features or helping Sony develop better consoles. Um, what do you think, Court? It sucks for fans of Call of
1: Duty that want to play it on PSX. I don't. I'm not a big Call of Duty guy. But yeah, neither. I see this as a no-duh. Like, yeah, why would you want to, your direct competitor in the console market, well, according to Microsoft, they're not, because Microsoft's already declared they've lost this console war. And I, I no one beats Nintendo, so it is what it is. But I totally understand their stance on this. People are making a lot more out of this than maybe it should be. Like, yeah, why would you say, hey, Microsoft, here's everything we're doing for PS6. Mind you, if they're both putting out dev kits at the exact same time, what's the difference? They're already moving forward. They're not going back on what they were going to do for these consoles. Yes, that would give Microsoft like the, hey, here's what's coming. But at the same time, do you want these huge games, if Microsoft is going to let them come to the PlayStation consoles, do you want them to be garbage and be better on Xbox? Because we know how that goes. When a game is better on one and not the other, Mm -hmm. we never hear the end of it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't really see this as surprising um because again like yeah if they're owned by xbox then it's an xbox studio at that point they'll fall into the xbox studios family uh and even with the promise to keep call of duty multi-platform uh for this you know for the next decade or whatever it was i wouldn't be surprised if we see xbox uh, call of duty hit first on xbox if, if like again like you're right in that if there kits already going out you know what I mean? Like a lot of that's probably relatively locked in, but maybe it gives clues to software or to controllers or whatever else. So it's like I don't know, like again, I'm not really affected by Call of Duty, uh, you know, the loss of a, of potentially Call of Duty, but I do think that like this isn't surprising. It's like when um the whole Victor the, the whole thing of, over the last week of Indiana Jones being Xbox exclusive. It's like didn't we know that?
1: Yeah, I thought for sure. I, that was the like, worst news cycle i've ever seen for a day the amount of people that took a victory lap on something that we already figured it or knew like, like it was
0: so weird like we it was announced wasn't it announced during, during, the during showcase. xbox
1: showcase sure. during the showcase So
0: like i don't know so for me this was like well yeah obviously it's xbox exclusive um let's bring in our, our our kind of final major story here we have a couple more things that we'll touch on but hey and we also found out spider-man could have been an xbox exclusive and they turned it down there you go Um, Insider Gaming Mike Straw says Microsoft purchased Bethesda to stop Starfield from being a PlayStation exclusive Day 2 of the case between Microsoft and the FTC took place in San Francisco on Friday where the FTC is trying to stop the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard from moving forward. During Friday's hearings, nothing was bigger than the revelation of why Microsoft purchased Bethesda parent company, ZeniMax ZeniMax Xbox head Bill Spencer stated that Microsoft ultimately purchased Bethesda to stop Starfield from being a PlayStation exclusive. When we acquired ZeniMax, one of the the impetus for that is that Sony had done a deal for Deathloop and Ghostwire to pay Bethesda to not ship those games on Xbox, Spencer said during his testimony. So the discussion about Starfield when we heard that Starfield was potentially also going to end up skipping Xbox, we can't be in a position as a third place console where we fall further behind on our content ownership, so we have to secure content to remain viable in the business um again dude like listen cojones can we say phil spencer yeah. he chose
1: starfield and he put he went all in mm-hmm. if that game oh like it looks great like it looks like it's going to be a great game um, 100% that flop, oh my god
0: yeah like I, i'm with you it, it looks great and i, I hope it comes out and, and is what people want it to be um again like listen you and I have already spoken at length. Console exclusivity is a thing that it's just a necessary evil within the industry. It always yeah. has been. I don't it's see that. Go- forever. I don't see that going away. So for companies to get bullish about the company, the games that they want on their platform, I think it's a really interesting way to put it. That they said that they're paying for it not to be on Xbox, when at the same time it could easily just be a said they paid for it to be exclusive to PlayStation. Both of those things mean the same, but one sounds a lot worse than the other.
1: Yeah, and like, and everybody's going, and I've seen a lot of like, hey, PlayStation's paying for these exclusivities. You know what? Today, word's exclusivity. Exclusivities. And everybody's getting angry about it. I'm just like, what? Like, what? There is no difference to me at all between Microsoft going out there and buying the studios Mm -hmm. and PlayStation paying for exclusivities. And also at the same time, kudos to them. That's smart business. Like, This is a business, and I I think people keep trying to be like, Well, this is the thing I love, but that's cool. The people that work in these things, this is the thing that gets puts food on their plate. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in a business, business is about being the best as you possibly can. So for Xbox to do that or PlayStation to do that, it's just smart business. We don't have to like it, but I don't mind it. I don't care. Like, I'll I'll never be the one, like, oh darn, like, yeah, it sucks. I can't play Starfield on my PS5. But oh well, I'll just play it on my Xbox. Like I, I, I don't know, man. It's so weird. And People granted, get like so, I'm w- so caught up in these little boxes.
0: And obviously, like you, like again, we both would love Starfield to be on every platform. Just so we would like Spider-Man to be on every platform, or Uncharted to be on every platform. Like there's. I like console exclusives.
1: I think it's good for the industry.
0: I don't. I I don't disagree. But again. Like it's just that again, let people play where they want to play, but it's just one of those things where it's like people get so honed in on it and use it as an example to, you know, belittle or to to trash other people. It's just it just is what it is. So for me, like this is not surprising, this is not a shock for people that don't have an Xbox or don't have a PlayStation. This is a tale as old as console gaming itself. It's not going away anytime soon. And I just it's like, why waste the energy? To get upset about this every time, regardless of what side, and
1: and to be totally honest here, it's like everything is going on. I hear all these things, and I'm just like, good for Xbox people, and it's, and you know what, good for PlayStation people to have to uh, <laughs> have to like kind of take it because for the last fifteen years, PlayStation people have been able to just you know laugh at the people that are sticking with Xbox. It's true. It's just facts are facts. The games have been better on PlayStation. The exclusives, they've mm-hmm. just been better. And right now, Xbox is about to put out one that looks unbelievable. Good for let them like the people that want to cheer. Let them. Who cares? Yep.
0: Why does it bother you? And again, there will be more on both sides. Like it's not gonna. This isn't yeah, going Spider-Man away. Two
1: looks awesome.
0: Yeah, this is not going away. There will be more exclusives, and it's just like again, there's so many games for you to play in so many places. Just enjoy the space that you're in. It's Stop whining. Look. It sounds exactly. terrible. Uh, A couple of short stories that we're going to touch on here. Uh, PlayStation on Twitter has given us the information that the PS5 accessory collaboration with King James arrives in select markets on July 27th and pre-orders tip off this thursday so if you're looking to grab the controller uh orders go live on this thursday and it comes out at the end of july uh, i do think that this is a cool controller court i like the look of it but i don't really much care about king james um so yeah but for anybody right excited cool Done I, it. yeah
1: cool it looks cool yeah i think i i want plates more i wish they would stop it with this controller stuff and give us plates just That's just what I want just give me the final
0: fantasy 16 controller that came out japan give us a spider-man 2 controller or in plates just give us
1: give us i I just don't Mm. think the controllers that they've done look all that great i like the final fantasy 16 one great but i think they're i i I don't i don't think they look all that great i think that their plates would look great but i Mm. for some reason the xbox controller looks better when they're able to do these custom designs but the PlayStation 1, because there's so many different lines that cut off, especially with, I'll call it the map button. I'm going to mm-hmm. call it that forever. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it very hard for them to do one constant image across.
0: I'll yep. Think. Yep. Uh, and one last story here before we hop into a final round of questions. Coming from newswire.ca Uh, News provided by Heineken. Heineken launches Virtual Simulator Racing Showdown Player 0.0 in Canada. Today, Heineken 0.0 launched its Global Simulator Racing game racing Competition Player 0.0 in Canada, inviting Canadians to compete on a virtual racetrack for a chance to face two-time F1 world champion and avid gamer Max Verstappen. Verstappen. So they launched that, and uh, we actually just got a recent update that it was a... Player from Quebec that won and who has an opportunity to race against Max Verstappen. I just think this is cool that the technology
1: is so in that one we're getting a movie Gran Turismo based on a true story of a guy that was really good at a video gaming transferred into a car. But I have a buddy that actually has a room in his house mm-hmm. that has the whole race set up. So I had to ask him about this, and it was one of the reasons why this story even got in there because he's shown me this room, and when you hop in these racing setups where they've got three screens, and you see what's going on, you feel like you're driving a car. It reminds me a lot of, if you play Gran Turismo in VR... Like, mm-hmm. that is very cool it's to beautiful. play Grand Charisma in VR. It is... I find I drive the car better. I play the game better mm-hmm. when it's in VR. For some reason, I'm able to stir, steer better. And when I try other ways, it's not. And I guess that's just the um, the natural reflexes the of driving car. But this is very cool that, that they get to go up against real race car drivers and such. I just think this is cool, the technology where it's come. Because I remember growing up and going to arcades, and you would play a like game like Top Gun or um, Tron, where you would actually sit in a almost like a thing that moves Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really it just it it made you feel that way and we'd always wanted this immersion this is just showing how much immersion is getting into video games that the fact that they can have these competitions like this
0: a 100 percent, dude like and i think it's a really cool way for fans of both to kind of engage in it in an interesting way uh so now what i want i'm gonna call out chef mike on twitter uh i i bring bring me on bring it on and overcooked Chef Mike, let's do it. Let's throw it down. Let me oh, take wow. you How in like an, a- over, an overcook competition. I'll cook better than you. You don't even know.
1: Wow. Well done. Yeah. Well done.
0: Chef Mike, bring it. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of questions to roll through. So, once again, if you want your questions on the show, my friends, uh, the Discord's free. Twitter's, Twitter's there. Uh, YouTube is also there. Just hit us up. Just Words like. Words are not free. Wow. You're like me today. Just having fun with it. Robbie Baum Miller at Smooth423 asks. Why is The Last of Us Part 2 so much better than Part 1? Uh, no, he asked, why is The Division 2 so much better than Call of Duty? Can we do a raid soon? That's Part yes. 1 of his question, yes, so I'll yes. throw it to you.
1: Okay, Division 2 is the only other game that I'm playing besides Final Fantasy 16 right now, and I am still playing it. If you drink enough, it's close to me. Can't drink and drive, Drellish. Um... I would love to do a raid, Bobby, but we need eight people. So you have to join the FURTA. Okay, so for everybody who's listening, in so Division 2 is free right now on PlayStation Plus. So if you want to play with me and a couple of us, um, uh, come in, get your level up. You can get it real quick. They'll start you at 30. All you got to do is get to level 40, and then we can all do a raid together. And you can play this game that I love. Darth Strudius has come in, and he's in my uh, he's in my clan. Uh, it's the FURTA clan. Um, just... Just come in, have fun. I love this game. I don't know what it is about this game. It is old. It's from the PlayStation 4, and I can't stop playing it. And
0: FURTA is FURTA Boys. FURTA Boys. FURTA Boys. And Robbie Bobby's second part of a question asks, why do we buy games on day one slash launch? When things are usually on sale within the first 45 days of launch. They also have at least two or three patches and updates come within the first couple weeks. Uh, Great question. For me, it's a lack of self-control. Uh, yes. I want. I, I want to be. I want to be in right away. Uh, I want to enjoy the thing. Like I, I just love being part of the zeitgeist when it happens. A lot of like you know, video game chat moves on quickly from game to game to game to game, and waiting a month or two. Um, is is you know for a lot of people it's the intelligent thing to do. There's backlogs are massive. There's plenty of games from this year that I want to play that I haven't yet. But I still buy the new thing day one because I want to be part of that that moment. It's 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 a unique experience uh, and something that I really enjoy. Plenty of my friends are patient gamers. They wait till sales. They wait later on. They play it at, when you know when they're ready to. Uh, but what is for me, that like the like.
1: No, what is that like to be patient?
0: I don't understand. No, I don't get it. What is? I don't know. But yeah, that's 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 why I I, I need to be in. I need to be in. Otherwise, I I lose my mind. Yeah, me, it's all the FOMO. Like, I just, like,
1: a game comes out, and I'm just like, I'll buy it or buy it. Like, the the amount of times that I've texted Matt, I'm like, should I just buy this? And you're like, dude, you won't even like this game. Like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Everybody's playing it. Should I I not just get in to see what it's like? Like, I had that with Elden Ring big time. Mm -hmm. That was the only game where I know I'm not going to like this game. The amount of times I'm like, should I just buy it? Should I just buy it so I can be like, hey, look at me dying all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know Dude, uh, I I was the same way with Resident Evil Four remake. I kept hearing everybody talking about it, and I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I I'm not gonna do it. I, I buy every Resident Evil, and then I never finish them. And then when I saw it ran great on Steam Deck, I was like, well, maybe I can play with it on the commute. And then I lost in that respect. So well, I, I'm with Diablo
1: you. Diablo Four was a game that I played in the um the beta, and mm-hmm. I was like, eh, like this is the first Diablo, and I'm, then everybody bought it, and I'm like, all right, fine, I'm getting it day one.
0: I played it for two weeks, and I'll ne- I'll probably never go back to it. There you go. Uh, Black Wyver uh, says, hope you're both doing well. Thanks, buddy. You too. And thank you and everyone at Carpool for making PlayStation Drive such a great community. Questions for the show. He's got three questions here, Court. We'll move through them one by one. What are your thoughts on the upcoming game Remnant 2? Did either of you play Part 1? Uh, I have not played Part 1. Um, but the game. I've heard good things about the game. I know a lot, I know a lot of people who really, really enjoy them. Part 2, uh, Remnant 2, does look cool. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a day one for me, but I am more interested in it than I was before. Trailer looked
1: really cool. Didn't know there was a remnant one. Did the two and Remnant 2? Well, no. Once I saw the trailer and realized, I didn't know there was a game before. Like, I didn't know of the series.
0: Let- let's be honest here.
1: I- that's my honest. Yeah, I didn't know.
0: Admit it, Matt. You are just weak. That is literally what I said. Um <laughs> This next question in Australia, the digital copy, a copy of Remnant two is available for AUD, uh, Australian dollar dues, uh, for 69.95. Whereas the retail price of the game is phys- for physical is 89.95, though discounted to 79.95. Are there similar dis- differences in Canada? What are your thoughts? I think it makes complete sense. Digital copies should be slightly cheaper. I hope this trend continues instead of phasing out physical copies altogether. Like Alan wake 2*. It is cheaper.
1: So it is cheaper on digital versus is it? on Steam for the U.S. So yeah, and Steam for Not the US in Canada. Is, so if for the U.S. it is. It's its ninety nine to buy it on Steam to pre-order it right oh, now. Oh, Remnant version.
0: specifically. Okay.
1: Remnant 2. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's just talking Remnant 2. So maybe that's something they did because it is also cheaper in Canada to buy the digital version over the physical version. I think this is definitely a thing that should be, especially because as someone that has been a old time gamer... Um, you know, I got my grandpa outfit on when I talk about video games sometimes, but um, we used to get told that that's why video games cost so much. They used to show us this graph that was at GameStop or EB Games or even Electronics Boutique before, and they used to be always up on the wall and be like, here's the breakdown of why this game costs so much. And mm-hmm. it used to have in, the marketing was in there, everything, but the physical disc, the physical copy, the artwork to be put in on that, and the shipping and all that was all factored into the game. Well, I don't buy that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm all digital,
0: so why isn't it cheaper? hundred percent, I'm with you entirely. Like, I'm glad that Remnant Two is kind of you know leading the way with that because that isn't something that we see normally whatsoever, um, and it should be. Like, it makes to- it makes total sense. Why wouldn't a digital copy of a game um, cost less? And like, we know now that like a, a lot of these big companies uh, have specific deals with a lot of the big box and a lot of the retailer stores, uh, essentially that they can't undercut them significantly on. Uh, on digital platforms because then again why would you go to the store and spend more money if it's free if it's cheaper on digital um so like we we kind of know that to be more of the reason why so until the big box stores get kind of phased out entirely and we can go entirely in on digital sooner rather than later um I, i i i would like to hope that we would see it then but again like why why would they charge less if they know that they can get away with it dallas man in the chat i love the hype of a release i'm excited about me and my brothers play a lot of the same stuff so our theorizing about story-based stuff is half the fun and we gotta play asap dallas my dude it is so good to see you in the chat hope you and the family are doing well appreciate you very very much and black wyvers final question playstation are rumored to be testing cloud gaming for ps5 titles with this in mind do you think there could be more utility coming out of project q and if this is true will it get you on board court what do you think i don't play a lot of
1: games on the go i don't travel like i used to for work so it is definitely not for me especially you know i'm i'm in the minority here i have a console upstairs and i have one downstairs so for me right if in the just-
0: bathroom um uh, in the doorway if you go into the hallway there's another couple sitting there he sleeps on like an entire bed of them uh, very awkward to get fitted sheets uh for about i would guess about 10 to 12 ps5s laid on their side um so court can actually just do that anywhere. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> project q is from the bedroom not like that Drellish. you know you know what
1: when when it comes out we know nagachaka is so in on it we will get nagachaka to review it for us because it's definitely it's i just don't i have a uh what what was it there the the backbone Mm -hmm. i don't use the thing it's sitting in a drawer i i used it for like a week my phone caught on my phone felt like it was going to catch on fire and i was out
0: yeah, for me, like I, I, I'm not in on the project. Here, listen. If PlayStation wants to send us some and prove us wrong, I dare you, PlayStation Canada, do it. Send it over. Prove me way. wrong. Prove me wrong. Um, but like I, like for me, I have this Steam Deck, which again handles remote play perfectly fine. Uh, I do think that there's possibility for more utility on this thing than we know of, especially with them testing PS, like with the PS5 streaming. Um, is that going to work very well? Is it going to be on launch? There's questions here yeah. that that haven't been answered yet, and the biggest question of all. How much does this thing cost? Because I'm not spending $300 for something that I can already do on my Steam Deck or even on your phone. Well, so, interesting
1: in that whole like Microsoft thing, they kind of think they already put out their um, guess. I think they said the thing was just going to be just over
0: $200. So that's why like, I'm very, very curious to see how this comes together. Um, but it's uh, it's something that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, Ed Varnell from the Boss Rush Network at that Retro Code. We have two questions left, folks. So strap in for a few a few more minutes here. I've been if, away. I'm sorry. There's a lots of questions. Yeah, no. I mean, roll with us. Uh, if you were both to do a PlayStation State of Play, where you introduce new games, ports, and that one final announcement, what would be on your list, and what final game would make the presentation memorable? Court, if you had the power to State of Play, what would you do? Okay.
1: So I would first. If I because PlayStation is leading into these free-to-play games, my free-to-play game would be SOCOM. Okay. Show off SOCOM. And I would be like, here you go. It's going to be 4v4. Um, you can do the whole co-op. It's it it would be that would be mine. That would Mm -hmm. be the game. I would be like, hey, bring back the nostalgia because there's a lot of us that have the the income and we want to spend it. Then my I would go to another free-to-play game, one that I thought for sure we were going to see at the showcase, and that would be Kill Zone. And okay. I would bring back Killzone and make that free-to-play. Then I would go towards the whole family aspect and I would show a brand new Sly Cooper. Mm. I would take the original Sly Cooper and I would remaster it from the ground up and start all over again and start the Sly Cooper series again. Then I would pan to the crowd and pan. then have the noise come across the screen of the, the the flutes and all the thing. And then Naughty Dog would go flying across the screen. And then you would see uncharted come across the screen and we would get a whole little quick cinematic trailer of the new uncharted with drake's daughter because that's a real thing then i would go to the infamous remastered collection nice and i would bring that right back one and two we play as cole again and we'd start from the ground up they would just do a a refresh remaster thing and they would make it 4k 120 frames make it beautiful make it almost you know look like um Infamous Second Son, but just with the original Infamous because there's a lot to work with there and they get the small maps. It would be awesome. Then Ghost of Tsushima 2, because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite games. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just going blockbusters. Like, this is just what I would do. Then I would have Naughty Dog come up again on stage, blow everybody's mind with The Last of Us 2 remastered. So we're getting Last of Us 1, we already had it, and now we have The Last of Us 2 remastered. Then Wolverine gameplay. Finally, Spider-Man Two, and then my one more thing. Neil Druckmann walks back up on the stage and does a mic drop. Literally, last, of last was last part of one of canceled. Three
0: comes up on the screen. <laughs> I like that a lot, dude. You and I have hit similar beats here, and I, I'm I, I'm kind of into it. Uh, I think that would be if dude, if we got that state of play slash that showcase, that would be fire, Mister Mattis, Uh, yeah, we played and talked about about a bunch of Final Fantasy at the top of the show. Um, so Court gave a bunch of his thoughts. I then. loved it loved it um here's so here's my thing okay we start off screen goes black and you hear a bit of a crackle a bit of thunder a bit of lightning oh, crash through we get infamous one remake from the ground up quality of life overhauls the game looks stunning looks beautiful we're bringing back infamous in a big way not not a remaster a remake from the ground up shout out the colossus style then again cut to black the 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 the, the, the flute comes back in Ghost of Tsushima 2, we get it, We get a good look at it there. And along with the confirmation that all of Ghost of Tsushima 1 is will be playable in VR soon. Like, I'm talking... They, they oh, you did that for me. No, you I did, did that, that for, for you. Me. I did that for you, okay? We so we have had a bit of dark and dour with Infamous and Ghost of Tsushima. Next, we get a bright, colorful, beautiful trailer for a game that Court and I have been talking about and wishing into existence with Astro's Galaxy, okay? All the worlds, all the games. levels. I love this. Uh, yeah, all of the words, all of the things, worlds, all of the levels are different PlayStation IP. It's Astro and Kingdom Hearts basically mish- mashed together as you travel through the different worlds. Uh, you get to hang out with PlayStation characters. It'd be awesome. Then. We get Bend. We get new IP from them. I don't care what it is. I don't want more days gone. Uh, I think I just want to see no what does. they're working on. Okay. Then we get blue point, new IP. I want to see what that studio can do from the ground like up Cooper. on their own. No, not 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 bringing it back in IP. No, I want I, I I want them I'm for just, them moment. I'm just wishing it into existence. I know, right? Then we get a trailer. Okay, we see somebody walking on a rooftop. Okay, they're wearing these blue shoes. You're like, what is this? What is this? It looks it looks a little ballerina like. They walk to the edge edge of this of this rooftop, and then take a step. The camera follows them sideways. It's Spider Gwen, baby. We're getting a full Spider Gwen <laughs> game from Insomniac, and again, that's it. It's just a teaser, just to set it up. He's okay. Saying, I just
1: didn't know where you're going, Blue. I know and ballerina just lost me there. I know that's the thing, right? You got me in the
0: end. Uh, Uncharted Five. Okay. We get we get again similar. It's an eighth daughter daughter entirely playable in VR. By the way because i think i think those set pieces and stuff unbelievable okay then we're going to get a good chunk of wolverine gameplay showing us what the game looks like okay and for the free to play okay we're, we're we're with astro okay you think they're bringing back astro's galaxy Okay, portal opens up. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale two, baby, free to play. We're gonna get a bunch of questions. A bunch of the the, the characters back together. Okay, it's it's a throwdown. Free to play. Seasons passes. The whole thing. It's all cosmetic. New characters coming in. Okay, and then for the one more thing. Okay, just when you thought it was over, on the high that is PlayStation's All Star Battle Royale two. All right, we get we get we get we see an empty chair, right? Man walks in, sits down. It's Blue Box Studios Hassan. He's talking to us. Okay. He's looking at us. He's like, guys, I know you've been waiting for abandon. Okay. I know this is what you waited for. But it's weird. Okay. He's talking to us. Doesn't look a little, doesn't look right. Looks a little too digital. His face kind of flickers. Okay. You're like, what is going on here? Is, is Hassan real? Is this all made up? Then all you see lights go down. Glitching. Almost like Spider-Man. Glitches back in it's hideo kojima it's been him all along he's been hassan it's kojima back with the new ip ready to throw things down on playstation and it's like that's all we get you just see him sitting there in the chair and then he just goes new ip and that's it okay that's it wow and that, that's how they're one more Chills. thing it's kojima Chills. hassan is kojima Chills. blue box is kojima it's all kojima okay and for one final quick question from our boy Steve Vigvari at Ask Vigvari, this lit the internet on fire earlier today. Hi PlayStation, PlayStation Drive, long-time listener, first-time caller. Question for both of you, is a corn dog just a beef wellington on a stick?
1: I already put out my theory on this. A corn dog is an abomination of food. It is disgusting. It should never exist because I don't know what it is. I like hot dogs, but when I have corn dog, that tastes like dirt on the bottom of my shoe. It is disgusting it shouldn't exist so that's that's what my answer is going to be but then gamer graham came in with (laughs) with this a pop tart is a wellington
0: yep so gamer graham uh gtm 618 over on twitter came up with this the wellington family showing beef wellington pigs in a blanket pop tart corn dog uh not gonna lie i had to google what a beef wellington was um because i was like they're amazing i'm telling you right never never tried one um unbelievably good but but yeah this this sounds like like a corn dog is a, is a mobile. It's the mobile version of a beef Wellington. Okay. This is the PlayStation's mobile studios version of a beef Wellington. Okay. No. This is one that no. you get on the go. Corn dogs are fantastic. They are not. I'm all about them. I'm nope. all about them. But dude, that brings us to the end of the show this week. Court. It was wonderful to have you back. I'm excited for this next roller coaster that we're about to go on again. But if people want to see here more from your court, where could they do so?
1: They can find me at Courtland on Twitter or at Carpool Gaming on Twitter or Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. on YouTube
0: for Three Dads and a Console. Three Dads and a Console. That's right, Steve. I got you, buddy. Uh, as for me, you can find me over on Twitter at Matt underscore Silver Soul. Come hang out with us. We appreciate all of you all very much. Join the Discord. It's free. Uh, before we go, obviously, we have a wonderful list of incredible people that we have to thank um, because they're, they're, they're just all great. Because they support us. Over on patreon once again we love and support all of our patrons very very much but we have to shout out our ultimate producers robbie bobby miller go check robbie bobby miller at twitch.tv slash robbie bobby miller tony baker go to youtube.com slash quest for pixels jonathan brown makes incredible music go check out his link tree at pme.jib including the info to the show and so much more all over Carpool. Uh Lena Varro over at Phoenixoverdrive.com, our fearless leader for the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. And Trucker Sloth joining the ultimate producers. Thank you very, very much. Platinum producers, Marcus McCracken McCracken. And R. J. Kern and our gold members: Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave, thirteen thirty-seven, Bowza, Cecily Sarosa, Dano, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Hopple, John thirty-two, jo- Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Shy Guy, Tim Alf, and Tim Paulin. And we also want to make sure. To, again, we welcome back trucker slot to the ultimate producer, dear tier welcoming back Sean H to the exclusive tier and a huge thank you to awesome Dave 1337 for upgrading to gold member folks. We could not do this without any one of you. So we appreciate you all very, very much. And again, we'll have more for you in the future soon. Everyone have a safe week. Enjoy gaming. We'll talk about final fantasy again soon. Be good. Peace.